Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We've... We've talked a a lot about Cowboys Dolphins, but I wanted to go through a couple of different aspects that have me feeling very confident in the Cowboys' ability to bounce back against the Dolphins. Because as Corey, as we've established, I am very concerned about the Cowboys' ability to beat a quality team on the road. Okay. However, there's a lot of positive stuff happening with this team in the month of December and after losses. Okay. All right. Since 2021, the Cowboys are 12 and 1 following a loss. Okay. That's the best record in the NFL during that span. And in the last 2 seasons, they're 8 and 0 following a loss. Okay. And so it seems pretty good. That that seems very good, yeah. right? So overall, the team has very much excelled in scenarios just like this. What about the head coach? Or the head coach. Since Mike McCarthy arrived in Dallas, the Cowboys are 12 and 3 in the month of December. That winning percentage of 800, third best in the NFL in that span, behind only Buffalo and Green Bay. So it makes sense that you lost that Buffalo game. Yeah. You lost to the best December team. Okay. You're only the third best December team. All right, so another positive for the head coach. Did you play Green Bay last year in December, or was that November? You would have lost that game because okay. that was when Green Bay was in the midst of their December winning streak that has now been snapped. Gotcha, okay. But what? And you might be like, hey, team, it's great. Coach, it's great. What about the players? All right, let's talk about Dak Prescott. Is, is he good? He's played 27 games in December. If you just had to, if you had to guess... What do you think his record is in December? He's played 27 games in December. 22 and 5. Woo! Not that good. Okay. But close. 19 and whatever it takes Eight. to get to that number. He's 20 and 7. Now, here's the interesting thing about that is that's the fourth most wins by any quarterback in December since he was drafted. He's only one win behind Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes. Now, I realize that's a weird group because Tom Brady is retired. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played this year. And then Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in in, in the NFL. Says you. Fair enough. Says me. Is if Dak wins on Sunday, he has the potential to tie all of those quarterbacks for the most December wins in that span. And so... I realize history, that's all history stuff. Like, that that's not necessarily a trend directly going into this game. But it is a December trend that this Cowboys team, their head coach, and their quarterback have all been nails down the stretch for this team. Yeah. No, and and I, I do know last year against Washington at the end of the year, you're like, what? Why? We lost to Sam Howell? This is a January game. And, we didn't oh, care yeah, in January. that's right. And I know they played Tennessee, and they beat Tennessee, but they didn't do it in a decisive uh, way. Right. But guess what? That was against Josh Dobbs. We're just not good against Josh Dobbs. It's just yeah, the way we, it is. We are not good So, like, if Josh the Vikings Dobbs. make it to the playoffs and they have to play the Cowboys, just start Josh Dobbs. By the way, have you seen the weird uh, argument that's broken out between Cowboys and Eagles fans about who should be more embarrassed losing to... Josh Dobbs or Drew Locke? Oh, that is a <laughs> yeah. That's that is a weird combination. Look, the Josh Dobbs one. It could happen at any. That happened early in the season. Hey, the, losing to Drew Locke is in the middle of a four-game losing streak, bro. Don't lose sight of what's happened since then. There was like a three-week period 
where Josh Dobbs was taking over the NFL, all right? I don't know what happened before then or after then that really threw that off track. But for those three weeks, whoo, it was something. All right. So I'm confident because of all of those reasons. Because it's only fair, Corey. If I'm going to go back through the rest of the season and be like, hey, they've lost to this team on the road, lost to that team on the road, I have to take a look at other key December performances. Yeah. I do question, though, Kevin, if they lost, if let's say they won to the Dolphins on the road. Yep. Lost to the Lions at home. Does that change your opinion about things? The the thing, the reason I... That breaks everything yeah, that, you're, that you're in right it now. It kind of does. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, you killed off their invincibility at home. Yep. But probably more importantly, you can you no longer will win the number two seed. And because you'd be third, yeah. right? Like even if you won your division, best case scenario, you'd be third. And guess where that would leave you? That would leave you theoretically going on the road to Detroit in the second round. And yes, I, I will admit I'm looking past the first round of the playoffs in a variety of circumstances. We'll we'll focus more on that when we get there. But one of the reasons is because there's a lot of people out there is like if you don't go to the NFC Championship game or win the Super Bowl or whatever, the season was a failure. So if you're just looking at the second round, which you have to get past for the season not to be a failure to a lot of people, you would probably go on the road to Detroit. And if you lost at home against Detroit, well, you know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Is we, Even though that does put you in, you've won your last two road games, because I'm just assuming you beat Washington. Sure. And then lost one at home. So you're you flipped it. Now you're good on the road in the, in the last part and most recently. That that is true, but I have to tell if you. If it happens again. If it happens. I if you can win the Dolphins game, I think you're gonna win the last two. No, I won't talk about the playoffs until the playoffs start. Deal? I'm gonna talk about the regular season. Through the regular season. Deal with it. Okay. Does that, I have to deal with that too? Yes. Okay. If you beat the Dolphins, I think you're going to win against Detroit. And I think there's going to be something on the line in the game against Washington. And Washington is trying to protect their draft picks. So you're going to win that game as well. And so then you would be 13-4. and four then you would have a real shot at the number two seed, and I think you're going to go to the NFC Championship game. Obviously, if you want to go back through recent Cowboys history, well, you can take all kinds of assumptions, and that doesn't necessarily work out super well for you. Also, I did see somebody else throw this out there, and I I don't know that that is supposed to be like the burn that you would think from the 817. Yeah, because y'all play the NSC least every December as of late. I don't know if you've been watching Whoa. football or not. Oh, no. But last year, the NFC East was the best division in football. Last year, you played the Philadelphia Eagles in December, and you beat them. And, you know, turned out pretty well for the Philadelphia Eagles. You, didn't you sweep the Giants last year, too? I think. No, not in December, but I think you did sweep them. Yes. And they were a playoff team as well. And so... Although maybe they didn't deserve it late in the well, season. Well, hey, but that's how you knew yep. that that division was best. And that's a Philadelphia team that made it to the Super Bowl. So you can't... Look, there was absolutely a place in time where you could burn the NFC East every day and twice on Sunday. But it ain't been the last two years. Like, you have two of the best three teams... In the NFC or in the NFC East. I realize the Eagles are spiraling right now, but at worst, two of the best four. Last year, you had the best division in football. It's not because they play just a string of unending weak teams in in December. And even if they did, that's still a huge deal being able to win in December. It just is. I think, uh, you know, when you're talking about the some things that kind of give you promise for for this stretch that they're about to go through is they are a good team. They wouldn't be 10 and 4 if they weren't if they were a bad team. That's just where they are right now. Now, versus other good teams, you'd love to see a better record. You'd absolutely love that. And I don't know, Kevin, they beat Miami, they beat Detroit. Yep. What's their record against uh, good teams then at that point is it like Three and two, um, or two and three, two and three, something like that. So, well, like, that depends on your 
what if you think Seattle's a good team? If you, yeah, but two and three, three and three, maybe but something along those lines. The Cowboys are a good football team. Yeah, and and like that's a reality that you can you can get all upset about, or you can just say, you know what, that is true, and that's that's why these two games here in December, I'm I'm looking at them positively. They are a they're a good team going up against another good team. Now the thing is, what I always loved about Rick Carlisle in 2011 was whenever they had those opportunities, Rick Carlisle would say say this line, and I just I loved it. And it was, it's a great challenge, but we look forward to the challenge. We look forward to the opportunity. This is, a, I mean, Mike McCarthy's been saying this weekly, and I don't know that his team heard it last week, but this is this is football where everybody is playing for something right now. The, the Bills were playing for something. You have a good opportunity against really good teams to establish who you are and what your identity is. And I feel like they need to to have a couple of those moments where they say, we want to go out there and prove it, not just to us, but to everybody else. Okay, then... Or maybe even just to themselves. Probably. I could see that. Then here's what you need to do. Let's talk about this game specifically. Is the Dolphins have a... They do have a quality defense. I, I they know did not last year. They trade for Jalen Ramsey, which was a brilliant move. Uh, and then and they have been better in their pass rush. Losing Jalen Phillips stinks, but Andrew Van Ginkle has really come alive for him. And so I know the offense gets most of the attention, but they do have a quality defense. The magic number appears to be 20 points. When Miami is giving up 20 points or less this season, they're 8-0. When Miami is giving up 20 points or more, they're 2-4. and four. Okay. What's particularly interesting about that is these are the two highest scoring teams in the NFL. So, theoretically... It should be a 48-48 yeah, yes, game. Yes. And theoretically, you would, I think, feel good about being in a shootout because you were in a shootout against Seattle... And you came out on top of that. I mean, I know, obviously, a lot of Cowboys games this year, both positive and negative, have not been particularly uh, competitive. Yeah. But the shootout you did get into, you won. And Miami has been poor in shootouts this year. So I, I will tell you, I keep thinking about what Mickey said earlier in the week about deferring the toss, which is usually the way you go. But this is a Cowboys team that is uniquely different in terms of their ability to jump on top of teams and continue to hold a lead throughout the game is I hope if they lose the coin toss, Miami defers. And if they win the coin toss, they take the ball first. I, I know that is not usually how it's been done over the years, but obviously this is a different Cowboys team this year. I hope they get the ball first. And obviously that first drive will be key. If they can start piling up the points, you've seen what happens to Miami's defense in these instances. Or you've seen that their offense can't keep up with their defense in these instances. Yeah, uh, and somebody asked, can Miami do what the Bills did defensively? I mean, if you're going to drop seven and force the Cowboys to play underneath, yes, they can do that. I mean, they have a really good – Jalen Ramsey's really good. They have a good front four. They'll make it uncomfortable for Dak if they do that. That's that's essentially what they did. Can the Cowboys adjust is what the bigger, the bigger question. And do they have a plan for it? Because that was, that was Kellen Moore's downfall was whenever teams did this to him and Dak, they didn't have another plan. Mike McCarthy has talked about evolving throughout each trimester, Kevin. So trimester one, we we added this. Trimester two, we added this. Each team is going to find out something looking back at your film along the way that they like. How do you adjust and then counter counterbalance that whenever they try to take away what you're good at? And I have to admit, I would be alarmed if relatively similar defensive game plans were rolled out and we didn't have a, an adjustment ready this go-around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that would be really concerning. Panic. We're the KNC masterpiece. Yes, I would panic. I'd panic. Coming up next. No, you wouldn't. Former NFL All-Pro turn MMA promoter Sean Merriman. Plus, we'll get into some Christmas movies, and maybe that one time Michael Jordan told Julian Edelman to get it done. Mm. All of it next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And on a delay, here comes the blitz. Merriman got him. The ball is loose. And who's got it? San Diego Supercharger. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. Right now, we bring to you the man who made that play. Former NFL All-Pro turned MMA promoter. It's Sean Merriman. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, what's up, my man? How's it going? We're doing good. We're doing good. I know we're prepping, getting ready for Lights Out 13 on January 6th, and we're going to talk plenty more about that. I promise you that. I do have a question, though, and we've been thinking about this a lot with Micah Parsons. What's the frustration level, and how did you respond when folks are committing penalties on you again and again, week after week, but they aren't getting called? You, you have to accept it, man. It, it, that's going to be the case, um, especially when you're playing at such a high level as, as he is. Uh, he's, you know, he'll get some calls if it's blatant, but he's been getting held, man. It, it's been – I know we talk a lot about the, the NFL officiating being bad this year, but it, those have been some blatant, extremely blatant holding calls if it's been happening on him. Um, and it's unfair. And, two, you know, if, if I'm, you know, the, the D coordinator, if I'm if – I'm, Seeing this overall, I you have to almost in a sense put Michael Parsons on a move, right? It's great. He's a great pass rusher. He can line up from both sides. He can put his hand in the dirt. But to me, when you put him in one place and you don't give him the chance to move around, he didn't have a running start. He's going to keep getting held because as long as these offensive linemen see that they're not going to call it, it's not going to let up. It's only going to get worse. So I, that 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 would be what I would do, only because I experienced it. I know what that feeling's like. And so you got to get him off that line of scrimmage, put him around where he's blitzing different gaps and off the edges and keep those guys guessing. 31 straight quarters without a holding call against Micah Parsons. And that just, it doesn't feel right, Sean. It just doesn't feel right at the moment. So we'll keep an eye on it, though. We'll keep trying to move him around. We'll let Dan Quinn know. Yeah, and you know what, Dan Quinn is, Dan Quinn is great because he, um, you know, he, has a, he has a great mind, especially dealing with great players. My my only thing is is that they they have such a great defense, um, and they're just lining up and beating people without have, being exotic, right? In, in their style of play, sometimes when these things don't happen, you come on, what you just said that that sounds ridiculous. Nobody held Michael Parsons <laughs> yeah. to thirty one. That that sounds crazy. You don't even have to be a football fan and watch every game to know that okay, Michael Parsons no holding calls 31, 31 quarters. Okay, that doesn't sound right, and so. With that being said, that's you know if I was Dan Quinn, that's what I would do. And sometimes when you got players that's, that's great on that level, you have to do just that: get them off the line of scrimmage and move them around. When when you have a game where you get run on like James Cook just did to the Cowboys, uh, what's what do you what do you need to go revisit whenever you have that kind of game within yourself within your team? Because a lot of people, myself included, are calling the toughness out uh, for the Cowboys at the moment. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Um, playing the run is a mentality. Uh, it's not a skill set. It's not uh, how big and strong you are. We, I played with guys who weren't that, be- that big, wasn't that strong in the weight room, and for somehow, some way, they were good against the run. Running is a mentality, and that has to be instilled into the guys up front and saying, we're not going to let this happen today. So that mentality from rushing the passer, because we all know they can get after the quarterback. You have to have that seek, that equal same mentality when it comes against playing against the run because if you can't stop the run, it opens up everything. And when you have a guy like Micah Parsons and Lawrence, all these guys who can get after you up front, nobody wants to throw the ball. No one. No one wants to get into a, a third and long situation with them. So let's see how long we can keep it on the ground and keep them guessing where these guys can't pin their ears back and go. So let's run the ball and keep you know keep turning the clock. So – it's just a mentality that has to switch, and that, that, comes from, that comes from within the organization, within that defensive scheme. Do same mentalities like that apply when it comes to winning on the road? Because I have to admit I've continued to panic about <laughs> the Cowboys' inability to beat a quality opponent on the road this season. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and you know, we, we, I used to use, use the words uh, road warriors, right? And 
we used to uh, used to be very gratifying to go into somebody's house, right? We would <laughs> tell them, hey, we're going to take your food. We're going to drive your cars. Like, we used to save this stuff for the way <laughs> to the game, right? We're, we're going to your house. We're going to put our feet up at your coffee table. We're like, this is our home. And th- this is the mentality that we had going on the road. Like, hey, we're, yeah, we're in your house. And we're going to eat up all your food and drink all your all your juices and your milks in the fridge. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it's really the uh, the <laughs> mentality you have to have on a roll because it's a hostile environment. They've been in a few different hostile environments now, but it's and and, and that starts really, in my opinion, on the defensive side of the ball because if the defense is playing well, you're going there, you're stingy, you're taking the air out of an offense. Uh, you know, at some point in time, with that offense the Cowboys have, they will score some points. But that starts by getting turnovers, um, getting the ball back, putting the, putting the ball back in Dak Prescott's hands, and letting them letting them turn away on that end. I will say this uh, about this Cowboys offense, and we just saw it with Buffalo. There've been a couple other moments where teams have you know tried this, and that is drop into coverage and and try to force them to play underneath, try to force them to. Uh, to to have efficient drives instead of and, but do not let them get a big play downfield because Dak will make you pay. How does how would you if you're that defense? How would you not want to be combated? How would you if you're the Cowboys? What do you do to to take advantage of them dropping so many in coverage to try and keep you from being good? Well, you, you know, for one, you, you just have to uh, be aware of, of, of situational football, right? And, and what teams are scared of what positions and what they're scared of you doing going in there. And then you force their hand, right? So if, if a team doesn't want you to throw a deep ball, they're going to line up uh, in, in cover three, uh, put their, you know, their heels on the first down marker somewhere deep and keep everything in front of them and come up and make the play. If a team is, is worrying about you, you know, stretching the, the seams of the field, they're going to line up and cover two and do certain things, whatever. So you almost have to have this, this mindset of, of playing, the off, playing that coordinator coming in and saying, what are they most worried about us about, right? Is, is, is it us getting the ball down the field? Is it running the ball? And then you force their hand early on and force them to do things they want to do so they get out of it. That's the whole thing about, you know, when, when you plan really good coordinators, um, you want to get them out of whatever scripted plans they had within those tw- first 12 to fir- uh, 15 plays early on in the game. And that way you can settle in after that. Talk with Sean Merriman right here on 105 through the fan. I, I was curious because we haven't really got a chance to talk about this much today. It is national signing day. I was curious. Everyone has a unique story. What was your experience leading up to signing day and then signing day itself? Uh, in college? Well, for us, um, for me in particular, I, I committed to the University of Maryland my junior year, so I knew that I wanted to go there. I wasn't going anywhere else. Um, and <laughs> I grew up in a I grew up in a rough neighborhood in, in Prince George's County, Maryland, in Washington D.C. And uh, we we didn't grow up in the best means, so I actually didn't want my coach to see how bad <laughs> how bad our apartment was and how bad our neighborhood was. I told them, I said, guys, I, I'll just come there to the to the school. Don't don't worry about coming here. Oh, wow. You won't you won't, you won't like it around here too too much. Um, but I, I'm looking at um, all, all the signings, man. And it's one of those things where all your hard work is paying off. It's like the end of a beginning, if that makes any sense, right? You play, you got your all your high school days behind you, your, your memories, those things. But it's a new beginning because now all the work you did in high school doesn't matter, right? It goes like you start from every every level. You become a rookie again. You become a freshman. You become a new guy. Um, and so the signings are great. Um, you know, they're they're big when you get the four and five star recruits. You send a lot of these guys having the last second flip, which which adds a little bit to the drama and the chaos of of signing day. You know, guys putting his uh, taking one hat off and putting the other one on. It's a lot of hard droppers, but it, it, it really is a special day, man, especially for guys that, that came up and came from where I came from that had this opportunity. So we used to cover a lot of high school sports back in the day, and I was really excited that I got the scoop on one particular signing because I looked really hard at the three hats that were on the desk, and two of them had clearly not been touched one single time, <laughs> while the other one had definitely been, like, bent and stretched out to fit. And I was like, all right, so he's about to commit to Texas. I'm 100% on that. Hey, you know what? Move, move over Adam Schefter, right, because he, we don't need him. In that case. Because, uh, look, that, look, that's a great eye, man. I mean, look, a, a lot of people wouldn't think that way 
Um, but now, now that that happens, I'm sure you just dropped a nugget for a lot of people out there listening about signing day. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I, I am kind of curious how you're feeling about because Kellen Moore, our former offensive coordinator, goes over to the Chargers and he's there. That offense still kind of the team struggles. They lose their coach now. What's the what's the future look like for that Chargers team? I think right now there's a there's a lot of blame to go around, a lot of finger pointing um, because they're 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 not playing well in a lot of facets of the game, both offense and defense. You know, and they went back and forth early on in the season. I thought Kellen Moore did a great job. They were you know averaging close to thirty plus points a game, um, and the, the problem was is that they were letting people score thirty five plus points a game and losing. And so when that happens. Um, no one's really going to get the credit they deserved. And then you had a switch where, you know, they had a game against, uh, the, uh, you know, against the New England Patriots where they won six to nothing, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they, they didn't Hell score yeah. a touchdown at all, and they haven't been moving the ball on the offensive side of the ball. Now, I know that Mike Williams went down, and Austin Eckler hasn't, hasn't been completely healthy, and, and uh, you know, Cannon Island was a little banged up. They, had, they were banged up at the center position. So there's, there's been some, some reasonings for it happening. But bottom line is, this this roster is talented enough not to play the way they've been playing. And, and whether that's the offense side of the ball, the defense side of the ball, the head coach, which they obviously moved on for Brandon Staley, they have to get it right, whoever they decide to bring in this time, because you, you know what you got and what you're dealing with when Justin Herbert and some of these uh, talented players. Well, speaking of Justin Herbert, then, I guess how alarming or concerning or whatever your word is it that they've just about wasted his rookie contract now. Well, they didn't waste it because he's going to get a, you know, he's going, he's, he's fine no matter what. Right? I mean, for because salary, I mean, I mean, for the Chargers salary cap purposes. Yeah, he's always thinking like a GM and an owner, uh, Sean. So he's I need always, to, I need to save that money. <laughs> no, no, and, and I'm thinking like the player. You don't pay me regardless because <laughs> you, you, you know how I can play. And, you know, there's a lot of problems on this team outside of Justin Herbert, but I think you, 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 you kind of have, you have a point there. Um, this game, the football game is short, right? We the average career is three to five years, somewhere around there, and then it's hard to keep a great team together for that period of time. You got that if you got a if you got a great team, it's that three to five year window before guys get new contracts or go somewhere else, trade it, cut, injuries, coaching staff. So you have a three to five year window where you have a real shot and opportunity to take it all. Other than that. You're going to be looking at some way, shape, or form of a rebuilding process, and nobody wants to deal with that. Now, we're talking with Sean Merriman right here on 105 through the fan. Get ready for Lights Out 13. By the way, you can go to lightsoutxf.com for more information about checking that out event or just streaming it or whatever else you want. I had I, read something that you had said, I think it was maybe two days ago, and I was hoping we could dive back into that. And it wasn't necessarily just about Bill Belichick. But it was more the concept of maybe getting younger head coaches in place. Can you walk everybody through kind of your point on that? Yeah, and you know, it was no shot at Bill Belichick. I think we all know that he he'll go down as one of the best, if not the greatest, best, uh, the greatest uh, head coach of all time. So that's not a shot at him at all. Um, and I even I brought up uh, John uh, Jim Harbaugh and that sure. same light, right? They both big name guys. You you would love to have them in a building. You know that they're going to put a a decent product in there. The difference is that the game has kind of transitioned a little bit. The game has kind of moved where you have the, the league has just gotten younger, right? Quarterback friendly. A lot of these head coaching head coaches are, are um, typically quarterback friendly guys that, that, that know how to score points, offensive, offensive minded driven. Um, and, you know, Bill Belichick is old school, man. And, and sometimes that doesn't sit well with this new and younger generation. I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying across, I don't want to make it a blanketed statement, uh, and saying everybody can't handle Bill Belichick, but it was the same thing I said about um, when when Sean Payton went to the, to the Broncos, right? Sean Payton's an old school guy. What did he do when he got there? He started calling out pu- uh, Russell Wilson publicly, and I said the first thing I said, I said, "Oh man, that's not going to go well because these guys nowadays they care they care about their brand and social media, how they're presented to the public, and the, the whole nine. And these old school guys, they don't care, right? They, they want the best football player and football product that they can put on the field. They don't care." And so sometimes that just doesn't resonate with the new and this new and younger generation, even though I love an old school coach. I love playing for Marty Schottenheimer and, and, and all the old school guys um, that's been around the game for a long time. I love that. But this day and age, you, you may want to look at someone who can relate to the, the younger generation. 
Now, we're still a couple weeks out from Lights Out 13. And like I said, LightsOutXF.com for tickets or more information. You can stream it on Fubo. I want to know about this event, but I also want to know the change from Lights Out 11 to Lights Out 12. Y'all had a 90% viewership increase. What the heck happened there? And how do you keep that momentum going? <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... I, I scratch my head and I say, what in the hell is going on? This, uh, those are international soccer jumps uh, from what I heard. But, you, you know, um, I think the biggest thing is we're, we're starting to get on the map where people find out more about us. And I've always been very fan-oriented. The fans drive everything we do, right? Um, and so when we have jumps like that, it's kind of telling me that the fans are like, first of all, like what we're doing. They like the, the We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Production, the fight, uh, but also having the opportunity to come on platforms like this to talk about it because we have the next up-and-coming com- com- up superstars is just getting it out there, letting people know, like, hey, we, we're building the next great talent of this sport, um, and have those numbers jump like that on Fubo TV and Fubo Sports is unheard of. And so we want to just keep on going, man. We have uh, – I'm, I'm going to make some announcements pretty soon here, but some big things we got coming about former athletes is transitioning from former NFL guys is going to be taking some fights with us. Oh. Um, working on that working on that right now. And, and, and then growing our roster – um, you know, and growing our distribution. We want more and more eyeballs on what we're doing. We think we got something special with Lights Out Extreme Fighting. So, big fight Saturday, January 6th. We'll be live on Football TV Sports. Um, Football Sports, if you guys want to check us out, make sure you have Football Man. But this is going to be our biggest one yet. Now, as you talk about some of those, I know you haven't announced it just yet, some of those former NFL players, I know a couple of different times you've told us that you've thought about, you've trained about, you've considered <laughs> perhaps jumping in there yourself. What are we uh, What are we looking at here? I, I did. I played the celebrity flag football game about two weeks ago, and I just recovered yesterday. So my, <laughs> my, uh, my, my, my thought process with that has kind of changed. And uh, look, I, I still, even later on in the day, I'll go and spar a little bit with some of the fighters, you know, get me three or four rounds of sparring in. I always believe this, and I still say it again. I think that a lot of former athletes, especially when they get done with their sport, should transition and, and pick up some kind of discipline, whether it's jujitsu or boxing or Muay Thai. I think they should pick up something because we, we all struggle trying to find that next thing, man. It, it, it's part of it. And, and combat sports, MMA, has just been my thing to kind of keep me uh, keep me on my toes and keep me young. You know, Sean, we the first time we met you in person was at the Super Bowl in Arizona last year, and we've had you on a few times, and our listening audience always says, man, he was great, really enjoyed having him on. We always appreciate it. Will we be seeing you in Las Vegas this year at the Super Bowl? I, I'll be there for sure, and uh, it's a lot of Raiders fans there, so I might have to walk in with a bulletproof vest. So if you guys see me look a little heavier than I do, I got a uh, bulletproof vest up under there, but uh, I, I can't wait. Um, I, I think this, this Super Bowl is going to be special um, because, truthfully, there's no clear-cut winner, right? Somebody this, this team-wise is separating themselves from the pack of anybody else. So I think that we're in a the, in the surprise on some people, some, some teams that we're not talking about being in this year's Super Bowl. Glad that you brought up the Raiders. A few years ago, the Cowboys and the Raiders had a joint practice, and I went out and did a wireless mic with the Raiders fans, and I asked every single one of them how long they've been out on probation. The second person I asked said it had been six weeks. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, really, uh, I really get what you're saying there. That's awesome. You know what? You could say it if I can't. If if I said that social media, they would they would drag drag me dry somewhere. But uh, it's the truth, and I love I love poking at them. Uh, they got a great fan base, aggressive fan base. But you know that's what makes sports uh, what it is. That's for the, sure. The event lights out thirteen. You can get more info or tickets lightsoutxf.com. If you want to check it out, you want to watch it. It'll be live on Fubo Sports. Saturday, January 16th, excuse me, January 6th. Always appreciate the time, Sean. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. There you go. Sean Merriman right here.
on 105.3 The Fan. And we'll see him at the Super Bowl. So yes! Just, uh, look forward to that whenever I, we have him on. I am absolutely excited about that. Now, I'm also hoping that people are excited about what we transition into right here because we're going to do a little masterpiece theater. What are your most favorite, perhaps more importantly, least favorite Christmas movies? 877-881-1053. Now, I'm interested in this because... I believe Chris is excited for this segment, and he has brought some fire of some Christmas movies he has been waiting to take down. So 877-881-1053 on the truckwreck.com text line. Also want to hear from you on Twitch, on YouTube. What is your favorite and least favorite Christmas movie of all time? I'm going to go to cut number 14 because I would have thought before we did this segment maybe a year or two ago, that this would have been an unquestioned favorite. But then I found out there is actually a faction of people who do not care for this movie right here. Cut 14. Can I get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? Sorry, he's kidding. You stink. Sorry. He said you stink like beef and cheese. I thought you were going to continue that right there. I really like Elf. I thought Elf was universally appreciated. Apparently, it is not. Why not? I know there is a contingent of people that don't like Will Ferrell. And so I I think that kind of is embroiled in that discussion. I love that movie, man. I think it's I think it's a blast. Yeah, that that one's shocking to me. Elf feels like A tier at the lowest. I mean, if well, we're talking the tier list here, it's it's way up there. And as soon as we say that from the 972, I'm sorry, Elf is overrated. And I I, I told you, there from oh well, I'm gonna have to disagree with this person. From the 817, my favorite is Christmas story. The worst is Elf. I will get back to your favorite in just a minute. Uh Elf is no good. Elf. Oh, my god! Yeah, there's some. I told you. What do you not what? like about Elf? There's I have some haters out there. The prevailing wisdom I've heard, aside from the offensive song that Zoe Deschanel sings in the bathroom. You know what I'm talking about. We got rid of that Baby, song. Baby, it's cold outside. We got rid of that song several years ago, thanks to our campaign. I don't know if you know that, Chris. We single-handedly got rid of that song. Is And no, we're not bringing that segment back. Aside from that, I think people don't like it because they're like, it's Will Ferrell playing Will Ferrell like he does in most Will Ferrell movies. I love that movie, but I know there are a lot of people who don't care for it. From the 940, I like Will Ferrell as an actor, but I've never seen Elf. So Really? Yeah, Elf is the, usually the first Christmas movie we watch every year in my house. And that's just surprising to me because they said they liked Will Ferrell. Yeah. If they were like, I don't like Will Ferrell, I'd be like, well, this movie's probably not for you. But if you do like Will Ferrell, you should probably check it out. Kevin, in my top three list of Christmas movies, Elf is there. Okay. I also have Love Actually. That's great. Which is an absolutely wonderful movie that I haven't seen this year yet. So I'm going to need to watch that before Christmas Eve. This could be a different masterpiece theater at some point. Is that your favorite movie filled with the most terrible people? There are a lot of really really not great people in that movie is it the guy who's actively cheating on his wife is it the lady who goes around like a man trap trying to bring that guy in is it the fella who is actively in love with his best friend's girlfriend and they end up or uh, best friend's wife and they end up kissing on christmas eve because he professes his love to her i don't know yeah she didn't have to run out there and kiss him you know yeah And, and then she goes back why didn't she tell the truth at all yeah. You know, hey, your bo- your best friend just hit on me in the most romantic way. They were conspiring because he said, say it's carolers. And so she said, it's carolers. Is is it that one fella's brother banging his wife or his <laughs> girlfriend or whatever? Yeah. That's why they had to break up and he eventually falls in love with a way better gal. But I think we can all agree that if we landed in whatever town, Wisconsin, that uh, the dude landed in, and we ended up having to go to that house with yes. the four girls. Yes. It would be a tough night. Yes. But the my favorite one, Kevin, is Polar Express. Polar Ooh. Express. I Whoa. love that movie. 
It is weird looking. Despite Tom Hanks' dead eyes. I love that book uh, growing up as a kid, but I've I've just always, the whole vibe of it is fun. It makes me think of that spirit, that mentality of Christmas as a kid uh, that we were growing up with. So I, I do love that, and the kids love it. And my my oldest used to act out scenes, like where the one where he's putting snow nice. on his face and telling himself to wake up, wake up, wake up. He used to act it out. So that is a movie we purchased on Amazon Prime. Oh. And I don't purchase a lot of movies on I Amazon Prime, that. but I did that one for sure because I wanted to make sure we had it every year. Now, we're going to get to more best and worst. I promise, Chris, you'll get your chance to shine. I do have my worst, yes. I have one worst. We're going to get to that. I'm shocked. I hope that we have helped the sentiment change over the years. Somebody did say, y'all are hilarious. Elf's not. Elf's okay. So Okay. So we're okay. funny. If, okay. if you think we're better than Elf, I accept that, yeah. even though now I'm learning maybe not a lot of people love it. From the 865, my least favorite Christmas movie. This person listed it as way overrated from the 214. This person listed it as the worst Christmas movie in history. Another person listed it as boring, and they are all right. The worst Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. That movie sucks. I know it might be TNT, TBS, I don't know, whatever. Both. They try to pretend like they consecutively show that movie for 24 hours. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. That's a lie. You just watched that movie one time and felt like it was 24 hours long because it is so long and boring. Well, that, that movie sucks. Uh, last year during the holidays, uh, Adrian was uh, in Cleveland with Lucy and her Uber driver goes, hey, do you want to go see the house from Christmas Story? And she was like, not really. And he was like, going to drive you there anyway. And so he drove oh, her no. to the house and she was like, well, I mean, you know, that's cool and everything. Can we please go back to the hotel now? I mean, it'd be a great time to take a nap because I assume when you even get close do. to that story, yeah. that, that house, you fall asleep. Hey, look, if you like movies, here's the thing. Everybody who thinks that I have a theory about this because there are movies that I feel the same way about. You like the movie because you saw it as a kid and nostalgia always will carry the day for you. I get it. Yeah, We yep. all have movies like that. There are many movies I love that do not stand the test of time, but nostalgia carries them through. I saw A Christmas Story the first time, like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. I hated it. And I contend, if you see that movie as an adult, and that's the first time you've ever seen it, you'll be like, thumbs down. <laughs> I like the new animated doc, uh, Miss, uh, The Grinch over Jim Carrey's, by the Ooh. way. Let's fire off cut number 15, because I don't actually know which version this is yet. There's one died. The Grinch! Well, that worked out nicely. Now, that is the Jim Carrey version. I will tell you the animated, it's Benedict Cumberbatch version, right? From... Is that who it is? Yeah, I just I, the I, Minion Studio. I watched it the other night along with uh, the Littlest Reindeer. I don't know if you ever checked that out. I don't know you what should. that is. Um, but uh, Lucy was. I'm just trying to watch as many animated stuff that Lucy can get in on. But she wanted the Jim Carrey version over the over the new one. Ooh, and I was like, bad, yeah. I was like, no. And she was like, no. It's so I I I had to settle for whatever Lucy wants. Yeah, I, I'm a lover of the Jim Carrey version myself, really? but I haven't seen I haven't seen the animated version. It's, so it it looks it looks excellent. I I think that is one of the appeals. Thank you very much to everyone. I know it'll turn, but thank you very much to everyone on the truckwreck.com text line who's backing me up. About oh, there are a lot of people story. that disagree with you. Oh, I, I agree with you. That's I'm not a huge I, fan of that anyway. Yeah. But uh, either way, I will say did did you see Spirited? The animated horse movie? No, that was no spirit. Not the spirit or spirit. No, I thought spirited. No, this was Will Ferrell and oh, Ryan yeah. Reynolds, and we watched it last you year on watch Apple a Vanity TV. Project. Terrible. A Adrian was like, "We need to watch this," and I was like, "All right." And we got a third of the way through it, and I was like, "Can we do something while we watch this?" Because I'm not sitting here watching. And it's also like two hours and fifteen minutes. Like, what happened to the editor? Did he have to take a different job? Or <laughs> I, I, I don't know what happened. Now, 
This could be controversial, and I know a lot of people always bring up Die Hard. There are a lot of other movies. For me, a Christmas movie can just be set at Christmas. And I know people might disagree because somebody asked, could Just Friends be considered a Christmas movie? Yes, I think the movie Gremlins is a Christmas movie. What? I, yes, he gets the Mogwai for Billy for Christmas. Who knew it was a Mogwai? And Phoebe Cates has her ama amazing monologue about, well, if you haven't seen it, you need to check it out because she tells a shocking story like late in the movie about why she doesn't like Christmas is, yes, I do think that's a Christmas movie. I think Die Hard's a movie. Uh, Christmas is a movie. I think Die Hard's a Christmas. <laughs> don't mark that. I think Friends is a movie. I think Die Hard, I think a TV Die Hard show. is a Christmas movie because it's set at a Christmas party. I think The Ref is a Christmas movie because I love it, and it's set at Christmas Eve. It doesn't have to have your traditional It's a Wonderful Life plot to it. You did. This was a moment, Chris Strong, uh, where I told Kevin in July, dude, I just got done watching the night before. It mm. is so much fun. And he said, I will not watch it until December. Yeah, that's that's evil, watching a Christmas movie before. Can't do it. I didn't care. It was on. It was, was it? out. I watched it. It was fantastic. You know what he said repeatedly? You're going to love it. My response, be that as it may. <laughs> like, for example, I, makes sense. I just watched Violent Night maybe a week or two ago. Is it worth it? It's not bad. Oh. It's not going to win any awards. Neither is Candy Cane Lane. That is true. It happened, though. That is true. But if you're just looking for an entertainment, entertaining time of people getting their asses kicked for like two hours, it ain't bad. I'm not saying it's great, but I, I missed it in the theaters last year, and I wouldn't watch it during the year. You're right. The night before is awesome. Yeah. But I didn't watch it until Christmas time. I do... I don't know if you're bringing this up, Chris, if you're bringing this to the table. Actually, go ahead and bring what you have to the table because there's a movie that we haven't even mentioned. I'm going to say, we haven't mentioned this one yet. I think it's S tier. I think it's the best Christmas movie of all time. Tolos, let me know what you think about this one right here. There it is. The Griswold family Christmas tree. Isn't it a little big? It's not it's big, full. it's just full. Dad, that thing wouldn't fit in our yard. Not going in our yard, Russ. <laughs> it's going in our living room. There you go. Yeah, that's the one that, that is, I don't care how many years in a row I watch that, because I do. I always laugh at the jokes. It's still, and, and that was the gift I wanted to get Mike for Christmas this year was the Griswold jersey, the Blackhawks jersey. Oh, that would be I sweet. I couldn't get it here in time, so I'll have to wait till next year. Do you still think that uh, one gal at the underwear counter in the mall is really attractive? Like back then or like today? I was just going to ask you. If you Every do. time I see her, yes, I'm, I'm absolutely like, oh, my gosh, I can totally see why he thought what was going on. Was this going was on. shocking to me as I just saw an article like a couple days ago. That, that lady is 70 now. She is. Oh. Still got her fastball? I, I don't know. I didn't look up what she looked like. It was just like. You always hear things along the way about how old somebody is. That's just like a punch to the face about however old you think you actually are. <laughs> and you're just like, no, reality check. Nicolette Scorsese. Her name yeah. is Scorsese. Yeah. All right. So that's that's your best. I, I would find that pretty hard to argue with. That is a damn fine movie. Is what's your worst then? So sequels are very much a hit or miss. And. The one that I'm going to mention here is the biggest miss of all time, in my opinion. The Santa Claus 2, starring oh. Tim Allen. And right here, I, I, the whole movie is just about finding a Mrs. Claus, and apparently apparently, Santa Claus can't function without Mrs. Claus. Let's, let's hear this one right here. This is all happening so fast. Well, there's, there's no pressure. Good. I mean, if I don't get married, I just won't deliver the gifts. And children everywhere will stop believing. He is threatening, <laughs> ruining Christmas. Christmas if Mrs. Claus doesn't get with him. That's oh, I crazy. Love it. I love it. Man, that's that's a heavy I mean, I don't burden love it. Yeah, to carry right there. And I have seen. You know what? I have not seen this movie probably since the year it came out. I need to go back and watch it again. 
is from the 972 and the 214. Friday after next. Love it. Because yep. I know that yep. movie awesome. is set at Christmas as well. I haven't seen it since, good Lord, again, probably the year it came out. So I need to go back and watch it again. Yeah, it's been a it's been a while. Do you, you ever see Jack Frost? Not the not the the Santa Claus one, but the animated one from I think it's in the same vein as Claus. Ooh, I haven't because Dude. there's also a murder Jack Frost movie. So it's it's about Jack Frost. It's about Santa, the Tooth Fairy, uh, the Easter Bunny, and all of them trying to save Christmas and the Sandman and stuff. It's fun, man. Get, check that one out. I, or or maybe it's just called Frost. I'll let you know. Okay, and if also if you want to count Batman Returns, yes, I approve of that as a Christmas movie as well. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Man, I know we got a lot more to get to right there. Maybe we'll pick up this conversation. Again Rise tomorrow. of the Guardians, my bad. It's Rise, Rise of, the, of Guardians the Guardians in 2012. Okay, and then maybe we'll get into songs tomorrow as well. Coming up next, though, it's time. For the C block, sorry, Corey Majors. That was for dramatic effect. We got some uh, some information we need to discuss about Diamond Sports and the most important person that ever trusted you. Next on the fan, we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.